Hey there, College Info Geekers. This is Gorlock, Eater of Dreams. And I'm here to wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm using that. I'm using that as the intro okay. to this episode. So, you're welcome. And I'm saying that to everyone listening to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going, everybody? You know what I forgot to do? I forgot to flip the camera screen out to you. make sure. Fool. It's fine. It's the end of the year. It's like a behind the scenes. Gorlock does not approve. Gorlock is going to have to come to terms with living in a world where <laughs> not <laughs> everything goes his way. We live in a society. Exactly. We live in a society. <laughs> well, another year's on the books, right? Something like Whatever that. those books are. And uh, this week... We're going to talk about it. So, welcome back to your favorite podcast that's uh, the best resource on the internet for getting ahead as a student, but a terrible resource for getting Gorlock Eater of Dreams out of your head. Every you, single night when you close you your eyes, you see his ephemeral form. That's not your choice to make. That's actually not the right adjective, because ephemeral would mean he would go away. Non-ephemeral. Never-ending. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm going to officially declare 2019 a terrible year because I accidentally stepped on an extension cord block with a bare, my barefoot, and that's kind of like stepping on a Lego, and also we're out of sparkling water. It's a bad year. I mean, it's probably worse than stepping on a Lego. When you step on a Lego, you're reminded of Lego, which is fun. Lego you is You stepped fun. on a cord. Like, what? Well, where's the joy? When's the last time I actually played with Legos? It's been way too long. Now I just go to work. I don't know. Try to make a living. I hate that. <laughs> I try to make a dying. Anyway, yeah. So we're gonna do a uh, we're gonna do a year in review episode. Yeah, as soon as I found my notes. We, yep, found we do that. Mm, I don't know if we do it every year, but we did it last year. Every year for the last two years. Every year for the last two years. Plus, possibly fourteen year in review on the blog. Yeah. And I remember calling it my best year yet. So is this year even better than that year? That's, I don't know. Oh, that's a hard thing to do. Comparing years. <clears throat> this year, I would say this year <clears throat> held more contrast than any other year in the past. Like it had both really good and really bad? Yeah. I would say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Parts of this year were parts of the best year ever, but parts of this year were parts of the worst year ever. Yep. It's what, 2019. What are you going to do? <laughs> Yeah, I want to I want to talk about what happened. I want to talk about some things that we learned. Uh, and so my friend CGP Gray and Mike Hurley do a podcast called Cortex, which is ostensibly about productivity. I think it's more about apps and complaining about Apple half the time. But they do an episode every year called The State of the Apps, where they talk about the apps that they're using. And um, people pointed me to that episode this year because apparently they mentioned me when they were talking about Notion, and that gave me an idea. I think it would be fun and also a good warm-up to start this episode out with our own little mini state of the apps. Okay. We just kind of talk about like what apps are we using for our daily productivity, for planning, what's on your phone, if anything. Probably nothing for Notes you. for this episode. Ooh, there's actually something on your phone. Man. Yeah. So for people listening to this, if you like this section of the podcast, then you may want to go listen to the Cortex podcast as well, where they spend a full two hours talking about the apps they're using. It's quite the amount of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, 
well, let me just ask you a question to start. What's on your home screen? If anything. <laughs> nothing, Calls, messaging, nothing. and FaceTime. Did Particular... you put FaceTime there because you use it or because it's green and it looks nice? Um, I sometimes use it when I don't feel like going upstairs to ask Ashley a question. Okay. <laughs> and also because now I can make myself a talking owl. So that's more amusing than going upstairs. Oh, an emoji? Yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, I just call her. I become an owl, make some stupid faces. And then I don't have to walk up the stairs like some sort of chump. That's that's fair. That's what the future but I is actually, about. I actually, I only use it to, I only use it to like check if she needs something. I used it at the store to be like, is this what you were talking about? Okay. So it's not frequent, but it looks nice. And are there, FaceTime is not going to distract me. So. Are there any iPhone apps you find yourself using quite often that you feel are useful to your life? Like that outside of calling? Outside of, yeah, outside outside of the of like blatantly calls, useful ones? Text. Yeah. Let's see. What do I use? Um, and so you have a totally blank home screen and then everything is what? Buried in folders on the second page? Yeah. If you go to the second page, I have a folder called apps. Okay. Um, I mean, I like Apple Wallet. That's pretty dope. Um, I use the regular old iCloud Notes just because it's really simple. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the Instagram app that I use <laughs> to post things. I have a lot of apps that would seem cool, but I rarely need to use them. Mm. So like um, the Photographer's Ephemeris is a really cool app because it helps you plan out photos outside it'll show you the angle the sun or the moon are coming from at different times in different places it's really cool for what planning was, what was that word uh the photographer's ephemeris ephemeris okay it's a really oh, fancy hey, I used a sort um, of similar word already in this podcast oh yeah you did that's weird weird that that came up mm. i have anki on here but i that's like i do most of my language stuff on my ipad yeah i was gonna ask are you actively using anki still yes right now merely because i downloaded a deck of the textbook for ah, okay. to textbook vocabulary just because it's really obnoxious to me when I know a bunch of vocabulary, but I'm like, I didn't realize the one I needed for this lesson and now I feel dumb. Is that for uh, Japanese? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... I have the Delta app. I used it to buy a plane ticket. Oh, and that this cool. year you flew Oh yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a brand new thing, yeah. So that was pretty cool. So that's all of my... I just kind of opened my phone to post to Instagram. Mm-hmm. The Music Memos app. I use that a lot. Mm. I am constantly recording tiny snippets of piano. Yeah. Or like me humming something because I'm not near a piano. I would like to talk about the Music Memos app because it is on my homepage, but I think I need to take it off my homepage. Do you hate it? I kind of... It could easily be better, I'll tell you that. I kind of don't like it. So... This year was like the biggest music year for me ever. And I have recorded so many song ideas and little guitarists and stuff. And I was using music memos for a bit. And I really like how it tries to pull out chord progressions and stuff like that. But it's kind of a buggy mess. Oh, yeah. There will be times where I'll, great. I'll open it and I'll try to click into a song I recorded. And it just is like preparing or it says yeah, it's something. Like downloading it, it or doing some weird it'll stuff. It'll never open. Or, uh... It used to be better, I feel. Mm-hmm. I just haven't had the time to like switch to something else, so I'll just leave it. I have Todoist. That's that's the one that oh. I actually used. Wait, you put Todoist music is... ideas and Todoist? No, that's the other app that I use. Oh, the that's other app. It. Okay. Um, so I've been on a journey for music stuff. Music Memos was one stop, and then I went to Evernote because Evernote can do voice recordings. Yeah. And it works fine, and I can make Evernote like 
a widget on iOS so I can easily swipe over, hit new note, and it'll open. Uh, but I have two complaints with that. One, it's not as fast as voice memos. Yeah. And That's voice memos with, uh, and I, I think this is fairly recent, with one of the recent iOS um, versions that came out, you can go into voice memos in the settings and you can say record losslessly. Oh, so that's it interesting. it actually sounds pretty good. Like, I would I would never use my iPhone to wow. record music that I was going to put out, but... Yeah. Like, I can sing as loud as I want, and it won't clip. It sounds clear. It sounds crisp. Um, my one complaint is if I have AirPods in, it will use those at the microphone, and the microphone in that is not nearly as good as the microphone on the phone. So you just use the regular voice memo app, not even music memo. Regular just... voice memos, yep. Okay. That's uh, pretty cool. That'd be... It'd make it easier to pull out tiny notes from chords. Yes. If it was lossless. Because what I found is I will just start singing randomly and I'll get something in my head and I'm like, oh, I need to record that immediately. And I don't want any friction. Yeah. And the music in the voice memos app is just the best for that. Uh, and the other thing is I've noticed that Evernotes, the playback of your voice recordings on the Windows app is really buggy and doesn't work half the time. And then I noticed in their beta web version, they have removed it. So when, like, if, if I do a voice recording. an improvement? Yeah, if I do a voice recording and then I try to play it in the beta web uh, editor, it will just invite me to download the file. And I talked to Evernote about this and they were like, well, that beta web version is what's eventually going to make it its way to the desktop apps, but we'll put your vote in about the voice Why take thing. away a feature? I originally loved Evernote for music recording because exactly. you put lyrics right in there. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I love Evernote, but that development is making me consider more thoroughly the possibility of moving completely to Notion. Mm. Now, there are still certain things I love doing in Evernote, and I don't like the idea of doing them in Notion. Like, when I'm traveling, I will copy the contents of uh, like flight confirmations and rental car confirmations, and I'll just toss them in a traveling notebook. Yeah. And I, the thing about Notion is it doesn't really copy the formatting of things very well. Then again, Evernote doesn't always do it either, but Notion will just be like, "Oh yeah, this is a multi-nested uh, bullet list." Now it's not. Mm. Like my one complaint with Notion right now is I will sometimes write like a big you know, multi-level bullet list in Evernote and I want to put it into Notion so people can access it. It's so And it hard. just, it won't, I have to, here's the weird thing though. If I paste it into Google Docs, then recopy it and paste it into Notion, it will respect the multi-level bullet listing. So it's just something between Evernote and Notion. Yeah, I have the same problem with like iCloud Notes and ByWord and then you throw that into Evernote. Everything's like, mm -hmm. I have no idea which ones are going to copy and paste correctly. Yeah. But I do got to say, um, as somebody who is becoming more and more of a musician, Evernote is doing less and less for me these days. The other thing I love about Notion is it has those to uh, the toggle blocks. I'm not sure if you've seen them, but it's like a little thing where you can just like hit an arrow. They'll open up yeah, yeah. Any, any amount of text you want, and then you can close it. So I made a template for songwriting where it has like verse. It's a toggle block, and I can open it up, write the verse, close it back up. Oh, that's cool. So I can just have like the whole structure of the song in like one area that I can view, and then I can put toggle blocks within blocks. So yeah, it's kind of becoming more of a thing. Uh, anyway, music memos, that's going to come off of my homepage. One thing though, that is on my homepage now is an app called audio bridge and that is voice memos, but it's multi-track. So if I get like a lyric idea in my head, I can sing it into that, into audio bridge. And then I can lay down another track and do like, I can like beatbox a chord progression or I can do like a harmony or something. Hmm. 
And that's allowed me to get more complex ideas out of my head. And then you can just export it out of AudioBridge and send it straight to voice memos. Oh. And then what I need to do is come up with some kind of process for getting things out of voice memos into like a more permanent place. Because I've been burned a couple of times where I've accidentally, like I've tried to scrub the player control on voice memos and then I've accidentally swiped it and it deletes the voice memo. And I realized recently you can back them up to iCloud, but I still want them in a better place where I can also like write down lyric ideas and stuff. Yeah. So I'm going to try to find out if I can do like some kind of efficient process to Notion with them. That would certainly be useful, mm-hmm. especially because like my, my memos for all the music is nonsensically disorganized. Yeah. There's no way I would ever actually, I just got to listen through 200 notes mm-hmm. to find the one I was looking for. I do, uh, I have become more disciplined about naming them though. Because it used to just be like new recording 90. All of mine New recording 90. Yeah, that's what it was for a long time. Then I was like, well, I did this giant project um, and I had probably like 50 different voice memos for this one project and I didn't name any of them. So I'm just like looking through them trying to find the one. So now I'm like, all right, no, I need to be disciplined and give it some kind of descriptive name because I will not remember if it's just new recording 81 like two weeks from now when I come back to find it. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, honestly, my home screen really hasn't changed much. It's just the, the bottom row is all music stuff. There's a tuning app, audio bridge, voice memos. Um, I have Disney plus on my phone now because I guess I got a free subscription for being on Verizon. That's fun. I mean, I liked it. That's cool. I haven't I'm really not, I wouldn't done watch anything, anything on it. my phone. Yeah, I wouldn't either. It just it automatically downloaded itself. I was really going to watch something portably. Like, why wouldn't I use my iPad? Yeah, why would I? I don't know why I exactly. use my phone. I think it just downloaded itself because I got the text on my phone that I could sign oh, did up. did it do it I by just, itself? I signed up and... Oh, I don't know. Maybe I downloaded it. I haven't used it on my phone. Hmm. It's just sitting there. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically it. Any big changes in other apps you use this year? Or is it still the same stack for you? I don't think I've been invested enough in my my app world to really change a lot. I'm just uh, sort of using what I use. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Mm. I can't think of anything that I've significantly changed this year. Same. That's basically... Still Todoist. Still um, Google Calendar. Still, Still pretty much the same stack, except for an even bigger investment in Notion. And so one thing I want to talk about during this episode, uh, because we have become even more cohesive as a team, Notion is becoming even more and more useful. Yeah, that's like, true. I don't know if you guys saw it, but the other day I built out like a LLC information yeah. document that you and Ransom can look at. Um, I've been building out like a whole video workflow tutorial with documentation for every stage of the process. Yesterday I made like a whole filming checklist. So if, if you and Tony ever for some reason like film A-roll, I don't know if you will, but there's a whole checklist on there. It's like, check the frames per second, check the shutter speed, check lighting, check all these things. Because I've been burned in the past Yeah. when I don't check these things. Yeah, so I guess that's that's kind of apps. Um, what are some of the best things that happened this year for you? Just, just like all of them? I don't know. What's the first thing that sticks out to you? The first thing was what I did on January 1st, which was... Uh, take a plane for the first time that's right that was january 1st i forgot about that yeah because oh I, yeah cause I, you... my goal was to take a plane this year and deal with my fear of flying so i just didn't, did it on the first because didn't we talk go about hard that? or go home in the last one like the last year review you did that you were going to do that yeah yeah and you did it i did do it so how did that go 
it was like 20 minutes in the air. It was really dumb. Because I know you were you were really anxious about it before you did it. I was super anxious about it. My biggest fear was that I would have a panic attack, not that I would die in the in the plane. Given yeah. that I have OCD and a history of panic attacks, that was actually a really realistic fear. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to be trapped in this thing in the sky, unable to escape it, and I don't like that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was like 20, 30 minutes in the air, which was really dumb because I thought I was I was so scared of it that I was like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make it more comfortable. So I paid for first class <laughs> to to go like 20, 30 minutes south. <laughs> Hey man, to Colorado overcome, Springs. If you're going to overcome a huge it was, fear, it was well. absurd. Uh, so, what, yeah, what was the experience like? Like, were you still super anxious when you were getting on the plane? Yes. And then, um, well, I had read this book that I don't remember the title of. It's on my Goodreads somewhere about how, like, planes work. I really like to understand exactly what's going on with everything. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be, I don't want to have stuff, like, glossed over i really want to understand the physics of why this is working same thing bothers me when it comes to like anesthesia because like that's barely understood anyway but with planes i had to read a book on how it worked and then i was terrified going in there i felt like i was just walking towards my doom and then in order to deal with takeoff i had decided to download and play left hand free a song that is played in one of the marvel movies i think when spider-man shows up initially but it that song had such a like movie vibe to me Mm -hmm. that i felt like i was just in a movie when it was taking off like it helped it helped me make the moment more dramatic Mm. in a way that didn't feel horrifying um once it got off the ground i actually loved it and thought it was really cool really so like no anxiety once you were in the air well, I mean, at that point, the the problem is I can handle real situations that scare me. It's the small situations that I fear first that are that are the dread is really the biggest thing. Yeah. Once I was up there, I was just like, this is really cool, and I've never seen this before, and I'm in the sky. Mm-hmm. And also, there's really no point in being scared now because I can't do anything about it. I kind of just need to em- embrace it. Yeah. For the next little bit, and I was like taking photos out the window with my good camera just because mm-hmm. I had never seen it before. So Were I you ended on up the liking side, they it. could see the mountains. Yes. Nice. Yeah, I could see mountains. It was really cool. And um Yeah, I mean I don't really regret getting first class that one time because it super guaranteed I was sitting like alone next to a window. Yeah. And you it know, wouldn't have been fun. They like, gave me a nice they gave between. me a nice tea, mm. you know, just because I was the first person to get asked. So I was like, sure, why not? Um and with that short of a flight, I mean, it couldn't have been that much more expensive. No, it just feels dumb. First class is... It the, wasn't... The a, price jump really happens when you're flying internationally. It that wasn't the crazy. worst thing in the world. It was just a little ridiculous. But I think it did help. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm still a little apprehensive of getting on planes. But I do it now. I've been on maybe five or six flights since then. We all flew to Seattle. Yeah, and I did that in January, too. you did that twice this year, right? Yeah. Well, part of the reason I wanted to get over it so fast was also that I was like, well, I want to go to this. I want to go to PodCon, which was in Seattle in January. Yeah. And if I didn't solve my fear of flying soon, I was going to have to skip Seattle while Ashley went up there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but I love Seattle. And I'm on a podcast. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. I kind of have to go. So that worked out. Did you get any fans? Oh, no. It turns out that um, I'm a very low-key person and kind of just did my own thing most of the time. Yeah. 
Uh, I sat in a couple of panels, but like way in the back and like it was for podcasts that are really nothing. A lot of entertainment mm-hmm. based podcasts were the ones that I stuck around yeah. or like wherever John Green happened to be speaking. So not a lot of overlap in the productivity universe. So I got to avoid any sort of that thing. I kind of just hung out. Mm. It was cool. Nice. Yeah. I, one thing that I found out about VidCon and I would imagine PodCon is sort of similar is that uh, our audience doesn't tend to go? Yeah, it was a lot. Of, it was a lot Maybe more for few, the um, like the McElroys, like an entertainment yep. podcast, and um, some of those people. But our space was not very represented. Yeah, as far as I could tell, I mean, there, there, there was a, a cool people, linguistics but... person there. That was really oh, interesting. Cool. But yeah, I kind of just wanted to be alone anyway. I was just there for Seattle for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Seattle for the first time this year. That place is dope. I love it. I don't know if I could deal with the grayness during the winter, but the summer's there. I come from Iowa. It's like the same color. It's just colder. Maybe. It is much colder. That's true. I do like how I can basically guarantee that I'm going to see the sun every day here. Yeah. It's definitely different here, but we're already used to the gray. We just... (laughs) We just don't, don't live know, in it. We don't live in it currently. I might I might have gotten unused to it since moving here. Well, that's maybe. Uh, this year was interesting for me. I think the thing, when I really reflect on everything, uh, this year started out with me being burned out. Yeah. And really that came to a head, I think, in maybe April or May. But even, I remember trying to get to the end of last year we were just rushing and I was already burned out, but I wasn't, I wasn't admitting to myself that I was. And then I went into 2019 thinking, all right, I have a fresh start now. It's going to be fine. And of course it wasn't basically like followed the exact same patterns. Didn't really change anything. And I did a whole video about burnout, but part of what helped me get through it was you talking about it with me. Also Anna talking about it with me. And there were, there were a couple big kind of uh, moments that helped me to start working through it. The first of which being something Anna said, which was uh, every time you talk about your work, it's cynical right now. And I don't like that. And I had been compartmentalizing it like, oh, I just don't like editing, but the writing's fine. But then I'd also complain about the writing and I'd also complain about the filming. And I got to a point where it's like, oh, is there a part that you do like right now? Mm. And I've been like deluding myself like, oh, it's, it's whatever part I'm not doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> which compare that to now, Grass where like is greener. half the time I still don't want to write, but the other half time I'm like stoked about what I'm writing. When we're filming, I'm like, this is fun. Even when we're editing, I'm like, this is dope because we made some changes. The other one was uh, just having this big conversation with you. And I think it was a day that we had planned a podcast and we didn't end up podcasting at all because we ended up talking for like two or three hours about this and finally breaking out my big spreadsheet where... I put like the monthly average numbers for each income source and all of our expenses. And I just changed the number of videos I was doing from like four. I think I went down to one in the model at first. And it was like, all right, if you go down to one, you're in the hole. And then we put it to two. And I had this realization that if we were doing two videos a month, we would be breaking even. Yeah. Everyone would still be making the exact same amount of money they were. And we'd be fine. Like we wouldn't be saving a bunch of money that we could use for like a rainy day or anything. But I've kind of done that. And like I've tried to make sure we've already done that. And I realized, oh, we could we could cut down. So 
me sticking with this schedule was one, I think just a matter of pride and denial and two, just not sitting down and getting a realistic picture of what it would mean to cut back. And because I wasn't doing that, I had just kind of told myself, if I cut back, if I stop, then everything will come crumbling down and all these people on my team are going to yeah. be completely on the street and it's going to be horrible. And like my mind would just build this terrible picture of what would happen if I stopped doing what I was doing. And it was, it was kind of crazy. So I had a talk with um, Dave at Standard, who is kind of my like agent. And he was like, yeah, man, creators come first. We will find a way to move spots around and, and make the schedule a little bit less uh, demanding. And the interesting thing was, and I think you were there to witness this, basically overnight, once I knew the schedule was going to become lighter in the future, I started getting ideas again. And I think I had like come to you with a bunch of new ideas for ways we could make money. Whereas before, I was so stuck in this mindset that I have to keep doing what I'm doing that I was like incapable of having new ideas. Yeah. For like ways we could expand the business. And my and if like a new idea came to the the table, I'd be kind of cynical about it, like, oh well that's not gonna scale up fast enough. I still have to keep doing this and therefore I don't have time. And it was crazy. Like it, the funny thing was he moved things around, but he wasn't able to move anything around for June. And I think I talked to them, talked to him at like the end oh, yeah, of May. Yeah. So it was like, all right, June, you still have to do the same amount of work. Yeah, it didn't change immediately, but you did. But just the knowledge that I was no longer going to be on the same hamster wheel that was burning me out forever kind of made me curious about things I could do again and more willing to accept new ideas and more willing to take on new projects. Yeah. Well, you didn't. You just didn't have any leftover energy. You were basically on a mm -hmm. treadmill at high speed, exhausted and dying, but refusing to turn down the speed for three seconds. And it's yeah. just Like, of course you can't do anything else. It makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, I, I haven't talked about this publicly, but I kind of do want to talk about it. So I think the last half of this year was partly characterized by us really improving the production quality of our videos. Yeah. And it's sort of culminated with uh, you finally becoming a much bigger part of the video team. Because for a long time, it was like you do the website and you do like a lot of other little things. But you, I don't know, I guess I always had in my head that you, you don't like YouTube. So you wouldn't really want to be part of the video team. And now you're kind of becoming part of it where you're like being in B-roll. and You just helping. didn't know that I didn't know how to eat a banana. And exactly. that was actually more important than that any is, other skill. That is more important, yeah. So... Part of my, uh, I think part of the, what caused the burnout was a little bit of a lack of purpose. Yeah. And I say this from an artistic standpoint because I'm very aware of the fact that when we make a video, like we're, we're putting a message out into the world that's going to benefit certain people. You know, there's, there's people out there that need to hear it. Um, but when you're on the internet, like you're often very kind of divorced from, you're not, you're not really talking to those people. In yeah. person, right? Yeah. So a lot of the fulfillment that I get is um, the artistic fulfillment. And I think I'd gotten to a point where like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of people in our space that I was like, really looking up to. And then I started to kind of branch out in terms of who I was watching. But also, uh, I, I want to give credit to like Matt Diavella, because he makes videos in our space and he started making stuff at such a high level of quality that I was like, Oh my gosh, that's what's possible. 
Like, I feel like I kind of felt like I had been resting on my laurels a little bit. And I think sometimes you just need somebody who's kind of in your space doing really, really amazing things to kind of light a fire under your own butt again. Yeah. And I see it, you know, I feel like it's, it's kind of happening in, in many different areas. My friend, Ali Abdal, uh, my friend, uh, Joey from better ideas. Like they're all making amazing stuff. Sometimes I watch what they make and I'm like, I don't even know if I could do that. That's kind of amazing, but it's not like I get discouraged by it. I just get like this motivation, like, well, if they can do that, I can learn to do that too. Whereas for a while, I don't know. I think maybe I just wasn't watching a whole lot of channels that inspired me to be a better filmmaker. So I was just like, all right, well, I'll make this video the same way that I've always made it. And I've always kind of tried to follow the 1% rule, but I wasn't like super inspired to really push things Mm. until I finally got out of the burnout and started getting a little bit of inspiration. And to be honest, a little bit of competitiveness. Competitiveness is very important to me sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Which actually, yeah, you've told me that a lot of times too. Like when you don't feel a little bit of competition, you kind of feel listless. Yeah. Yeah. When I don't embrace some sort of level of ambition, I'm like, I don't reach my potential at all. Mm -hmm. But a small amount of ambition can help me reach it. And I don't let the ambition get into any (laughs) negative spaces. It doesn't get that that high. You know, I'm not going to become evil. Yeah. But I need a little bit or I become nothing. You know, I'm not, Mm. I'm not good or evil. I'm just sitting around like, I don't really know. Yeah. Listless is no good. Yeah, I think it's important. I think that you need to be careful not to become too competitive and you need to make sure you're not spending too much of your time comparing yourself to other people. But when I think back to when I started my YouTube channel, I was looking up to certain other channels and kind of pushing myself to meet that standard of quality. At the time, it was like John Tron, Cat Icarus, like a lot of the video gaming channels I was watching. Um, It was Crash Course. Crash Course was a huge bar that I was kind of trying to reach with my own uh, with my own content, and I wouldn't say that I ever did, but it was really motivating. Being like, "Oh my gosh, they're doing that with After Effects. I have to learn how to do that." Yeah, you know. And I think I got to a point where I was like, I was no longer exposing myself to influences and in other content where where I got that feeling. And uh, after the burnout thing was taken care of, after I took a vacation and kind of went to a little bit less of a crowded schedule and started getting some inspiration again, uh, that came back and it was, it was kind of great. Yeah. Things definitely, it's, it's almost palpable mm-hmm. how different things feel during the latter portion of this year Yeah, compared to the first several chunks of it. I mean, January was pretty cool for me, but mm-hmm. yeah, there was a, there was a huge chunk of the middle of the year. It was just like, we're, uh, doing something in every aspect of life, I'm just like, something's going on. I'm not particularly excited about most of it, mm-hmm. but now you feel like now a little bit better, like lost. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah. I had some good reasons to feel lost near the be- middle of the year, mm-hmm. but it was a, a big portion of the year was just sort of where did my ambition, motivation, uh, where did my desire to do like anything go? Just be yeah. like, I, I mean, I stopped posting photos mm-hmm. for most of the year. I had tried to go back to posting daily again at some point early in the year, but then uh, summer came along and then I had to stop again and I just didn't do any photography for like months. Yeah. 
But now I'm trying to do daily again and I'm actually excited and I'm having good ideas and I spent some time setting up some shots that I just took another photo last night that took a real setup. Mm -hmm. And then I got to take one for Ashley. I took headshots for Ransom. I'm just like, I'm, I'm motivated. I want to be good again. Yeah. I feel like, and I feel like part of that is that I've become inspired by the game dev world, by a bunch oh, of indie, yeah. indie game dev people. If I'm not either taking in content or communicating with, especially if I can be around them physically and actually get to know them, people that impress me, I just don't care. But when I am around people that impress me, I want to impress them. So it yep. pushes me because I'm like, I'm not going to be like, I don't need to be the best guy in the room, but I'm at least going to have something interesting so that I'm not just like, well, what's he doing here? Mm -hmm. I like, I, like, I need that feeling. I, I want to be not the best guy in the room. Yeah. I don't want to be number one in the room. I just, I want to be like unique and equal to somebody that's somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a weird feeling because when I'm not the best guy in the room, I'm like, I want to be the best guy in the room. Like that competitiveness takes uh, yeah. over. But like from a philosophical standpoint, when I think about what's best for me, I don't want to be. No, well, if I'm ever in a situation where I'm not interacting at all, like earlier this year with, well, earlier this year, I was interacting with no one. That was mm -hmm. the problem. Yeah. But if I'm not interacting with people that impress me in some degree, I just become listless. I just, mm -hmm. like, what are, what are my goals for if it's not, you know, like, 1% to be a show off? I can't, yeah. I can't deny it. That's just a part of who I am. I feel <laughs> like I love job interviews. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I love all those situations that a lot of people hate where you're really, really nervous because I think to me, I am nervous. I, I mean, I, I hate the nervousness, but it brings out my best. And so after it happens, yeah, I'm proud that I did it. I have to have some level of nervousness like that. I was kind of... Uh, need to be challenged. I was happily surprised because I, I had asked you to do a guest spot for one of the list items on a video that we... Like our last video of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when we were filming it, I was like, I wonder if he hates this. And then later on, you sent me a text like, turns out I like filming. Well, I was really nervous at first because I was like, <laughs> I don't really know how to start saying what I want to say. Yeah. I know what I want to say, but what's the first word I say when I'm speaking to no one? <laughs> mm -hmm. It's weird. I didn't script it out or anything. Talking to a camera is very hard because of that. It's just... You're talking yeah. to a lens. But then I was like, that was new. I need new things mm -hmm. to challenge me because if I do the same things for too long, I mean... I won't, I can't impress myself. Nothing makes me nervous once I get good at it to the degree I want. So if I don't keep pushing, yeah, I lose that spark. Mm -hmm. One of the, I think this is a lesson, but also just like a journey that I had to go through was part of the burnout was that I felt that my main reason for continuing to do what I was doing was to support the team that I built. But I had built things in such a way where I was a bottleneck. Yeah. Like you and Tony that was true. and we Ransom, all knew it. Many people, you, you guys weren't empowered to do a whole lot to really change the direction of the company, right? So it was like you had yeah. duties and you had things you had to do, but you didn't really have the ability to move the needle without butting up against, oh, Tom wants to control that and Tom doesn't have yeah, time so, and Tom is burned out and in denial yeah, about so it. Yeah, so it's like, let's not bother Tom today. I guess I'll do this. Yeah, be yep. and because of that, there was nowhere to be, to be nervous because I couldn't push anything that would end up being impressive. It was like, well, I did the thing I was supposed to do. Yeah. But certain activities just don't have as much freedom to be done three times better. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like, yeah, I saved the file in the right location. <laughs> that's, that's I did it, it really well. <laughs> <laughs> I did it even, I clocked it. Yeah. I, this is like my I, fastest file save ever. 
I better not ever be timing that to, yeah, that's, <laughs> for my accomplishment. Oh my if you're not saving your file within 30 seconds, like, that's, that would be no good. But yeah, that's the, that's the thing where like I was a huge bottleneck, but like, so simultaneously not letting my team help to make the business a success and then guilting myself into burning myself out continually because I felt that that's what I needed to do. Yeah, which you is, were you were keeping everything on you, which made you more yeah. burned out, which is and, and made terrible, it right? harder for everybody else to do anything, keeping you burned out even more. You yeah, know? and it was, it was probably rough for you guys too, because I mean, sure there was enough income, but you fe- probably felt like you couldn't do what you wanted to do. Yeah, well, and I got I always got to feel like I'm like extra earning everything that ever good happens in my life. Mm-hmm. So yeah, one of the big leadership lessons I learned this year is you eventually have to let go. Uh, otherwise, you become the thing you fear. Apparently, I'm you opening know? articles without looking. <laughs> I don't, if, uh, what did I just do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, man. Your hand has its own brain. My hand wants to... Oh, oh like I a starfish. I, I clicked a link that was in my list. System. Never mind. Don't starfish have like a brain in each arm or something like that? Or I know octo- octopuses uh, have a, like a... There's like a brain on the inside and then like each of the arms has its own like... It's not a brain brain, but it's kind of like an independently thinking nervous system. Well, I don't know. Apparently it's how it works. Huh. I learned that from a, a certain sci-fi book. That's interesting. That people can ask me for the recommendation because I don't want to spoil what it's about. But yeah. Um, what was I talking about? Oh, yes. So I think one of the best things that happened this year was that Tony moved here. Yep. Because, and I want to give a huge shout out to my editor, Tony, because... Uh, Hi, Tony. The amount of drive he has for learning new things and improving his craft is just, it's inspiring, and I'm very glad that he's part of the team. I don't, and I don't think anybody on the team is just like, I want to clock in, do whatever, and then be done, and I don't care about you know the overall vision of the company. But like Tony just has that drive that makes me want to have the same amount of drive. Yeah, and the fact that he now lives here means he's not just stuck like editing what I send him, and then that's it. And uh, we had a a part earlier this year where before he had moved, it was kind of another failing on my part because I was burned out and being utterly perfectionistic. I would not get him footage until really close to the deadline, or what would happen more often than not is. I would procrastinate until so near the deadline that I felt I couldn't even have him edit the video. I remember that. So I would just do it myself. Several times. And uh, one way that I tried to solve this problem was I was like, all right, I'm just going to give you a retainer every month. So literally, I'm like forcing myself to pay up front. That didn't work. And I just (laughs) gave him money for nothing sometimes because of my own stupid perfectionism and procrastination. So uh, eventually, he moved here. And now... I mean, it, it took a while, but now it's getting to the point where it's like, he'll show up here. You'll show up here. We'll write videos together. We'll get the A-roll done. And now you and he can just go shoot B-roll without me. Yeah. We're just like getting it all done while you're and recording A-roll. Sometimes yeah. downstairs and then. And I think that's what we needed. We needed to like get me out of the entirety of the process so I can't have my stupid perfectionist fingers in the entire process. Yeah. We, ne- we needed stuff that could happen concurrently otherwise Mm -hmm. how could we have moved any faster yeah so i think that's that's been like one of the most helpful developments this year is i'm finally learning how to let go of certain things and i'm learning that over time with good feedback and training and communication 
you guys learn how to do things the way that I would either like to have them done or in a way that's actually better than I would do them. Because again, I can't, I can't split my attention all these different ways. Yeah. It's going to be terrible. So, um, and I, I think this is important for anybody out there who is either building a team right now or they're running their own business. And they want to, in the beginning, it is hard to build a team because you know the way you would do it. And it literally takes longer to communicate how you would do it. Yeah, it would yeah. To just do it yourself. And that's my problem. I learned this lesson the hard way time and time again, because instead of making the time to create like in enough of a gap that he could go through the video a few different times with feedback, I would wait until the deadline and then I'd be like, Oh, I just got to do it myself. And I could have easily just stayed stuck in that position forever, which would have been good for no one. Yeah. Uh, so I'd say the year would have changed a whole lot without, <laughs> really without that, have. like that changed the whole trajectory of how everything's going. So. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think what we're creating now is better than what we've created in the past. Uh, and especially in terms of like the technical bits of it, our lighting has gotten better. Our cinematography has gotten better. Sound is getting better. Like everything is getting better. It's kind of awesome. So I'm super stoked about what we're going to do next year. Yeah. Uh, the other big thing that I want to bring up about this year was, uh, this is the year I started to take music really seriously. And I think I've talked about this in the podcast before. I don't know if you've felt this way ever, but as somebody who majored in business and who kind of like takes to business, I've always had this belief that like, oh, I'm not cut out for being an artist. Like there's, there's people who are artistic and I'm like, I'm a business guy. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not cut out for that. Uh, and I've always had this like desire to make music, but I had this self-limiting belief that I wasn't the right type of person for it. And then I think from taking vocal lessons, um, going further, even, even further back, like learning to figure skate, I started to learn that, oh, there's all these things that I always thought I wasn't cut out for. I can actually do them. I just need to put the work in. So this year I started putting more work into music actually putting some stuff out and a kind of a big catalyst was uh, ransom introducing me to an artist named Tosh Sultana who does something called live looping. And that is where you use what's called a looper pedal to like lay down like a chord progression or a drum beat and it will just loop it and you can play over it. And that was kind of like the final missing piece to me really taking things seriously. Cause I always just sort of noodle around on the guitar but now that I know how to use a looper pedal, I can actually create something that sounds like a real composition. Yeah. And that has resulted in me getting much more serious about not only practicing multiple instruments, but learning songwriting, actually putting stuff out. And uh, it's not out yet, but in early 2020, I'll be putting out like a real, real song that's got vocals and production and everything on it. Pretty excited to put that out. And I think the ransom showing me Tosh Sultana was like the kicker for that. Yeah. It's really weird that like little things like that mm-hmm. can change it all. Life changing YouTube video right there. <coughs> Just sneeze. And then you kind of started taking some art seriously this year too, right? I took a lot of art seriously this year. Photography. Oh my gosh. So <coughs> don't die, Tom. So, um, <coughs> I told him not to die here. He's dying again. Sorry. Uh, so, I started taking piano lessons for the first oh, right. that was this good year. chunk of this year. I yeah. I went and took piano lessons, and now I play piano better than I had before I injured my nerves. Mm-hmm. So now it's like 
all forward. I don't have to regain anything. It's all positive momentum now. And I'll probably continue lessons next year. Had to stop during a complicated moving process. But I entered photos into uh, an exhibit mm-hmm. and they got accepted. So I had oh, photos. Uh, I had a couple of macro insect photos on a wall. Where or where is that? The butterfly exhibit. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. They were having a new, a new opening area and they wanted to get some photos from Colorado for it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. I published a couple of articles recently, a photography article. I finished a full song on piano. I started experimenting with game dev, messing around with Unity. That's right. And, and you were doing Eco uh, 8. Eco 8. Yeah. And um, let's see. I, uh, I also started learning pixel art and now have very recently finished and by the time this episode goes up it should be i should have posted it i finished an isometric animated piece of pixel art Mm -hmm. and i started i didn't know how to do that at all i feel like i've i've gained very quickly yeah in how i'm going to be able to push myself going forward because there are so many tremendously good pixel artists out there and i've had to start from basically scratch learning it so that's really fun the difference between that piece and like the earlier ones is kind of huge to me. I don't know how much more difficult it was for you to create, but like it looks it took me a month more, and a half, vastly more complicated. And near the end, I was putting either two hours or ninety minutes in each night. Was that for just that one piece? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had to learn a lot, mm-hmm. and I'm very picky, and I kept changing what I wanted in the scene. And trying out different things and be like, that doesn't work at this resolution. It doesn't look clear, and I, I want it to look clear. Yeah. So, yeah, pixel art, game dev, music, and photography, I'm now taking all seriously. Um, it's kind of amazing how, like, all of the things you do kind of do have, like, a common... They all link, right? I want to make an dev. indie game because yeah. they all link to there. It seems like a natural extension of all of them at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. It was a very, very artistic year for me, which is kind of what's keeping me motivated right now is I want to, I want to work on my art mm-hmm. and it's so hard to set aside 90 minutes, you know, every, every night or whatever. But when I do it, I feel very good about it Yeah, and I never regret it. The only thing I regret is when I put it off until too late. <laughs> then you gotta stay up till two a.m. Yeah, some, doing it. Yeah. Either that or I gotta cancel it and be like, yeah, I've messed around with my sleep schedule too much yeah better not make this mistake tomorrow but that's all sorts of art forms this year i'm trying to do uh i will say that i don't know about you but for me this year was not great for sleep schedules no my sleep schedule is a disaster right now yeah i'm having a lot of problems waking up early i never used to i had yeah i I had like periods where i was really good about it and then some periods where i really wasn't and sometimes it was due to burnout and being bad about deadlines. Uh, lately, it's been just like I've been too inspired by doing art. And I'll be like, I'll just pick up my guitar. I'm like, I'm going to go to bed in five minutes. Oops. It's an hour later. That's exactly how I started the whole problem, too. Mm-hmm. I was finishing the, the pixel art I did with all of the my favorite Pokemon from each generation and then the starter for the new one. Yeah. As I wanted to put it out the morning the game came out, I didn't want to be working on it that day. I'm supposed to be playing Pokemon that day. Yeah. So I stayed up till like two or three (coughs) finishing that piece. And then after that, I was motivated. So I stubbornly finished the rest of my goals anyway, keeping me up till four something 
Then I had to wake yep. up early the next day. And since then, I have not been able to wake up early at all. It's taking a long time yeah. to adapt to that. I'm too old to do it, I guess. So that New Year's resolutions video I'm, I'm that we created, the, the third tip about yeah. focusing on health first. Yeah, I have to do that now. That's a big thing or for I me. I can't push forward. And Anna was saying the same thing. Is like she One of the big things for 2020 that she wants to do is get on a good sleep schedule and go to bed on time. So yeah, I'm definitely going to try to help her do that by doing it myself. Cause yeah, it's my brain will sacrifice sleep before anything else. Yeah. Which is dumb. And the funny thing is like, I've made the video about how to do this several years ago, get a night routine, turn your computer off well before you're going to go to bed. All these things. Yeah. Just need to do they, them. And they do work until you convince yourself work. that you didn't have to. I think that is like the most insidious thing, convincing yourself that you don't have to do that thing. Because I can handle it. You can handle it. Or yeah, I'm the guy who made the video on it. Clearly, I don't need all these controls and systems in my life. <laughs> no, you do. Yeah. You really do. Um, ooh, one of the things that was really, really inspiring this year was going and doing a couple of uh, what I'm calling productivity breakdowns, where I went and interviewed people about how they get their work done. And I found that it's it's really cool to just go behind the scenes and see how people do things. So I did one with Matt Diavella. And I think that was another really big catalyst for me upgrading things. Because I went to his place and he had two Canon C200s that he used to film our interview. And I was like, oh my gosh, those don't have the 30 minute recording limit. So we can just sit here and talk as long as we want. And it looks amazing. Okay, you know what? I'm gonna stop being a cheapskate. I'm just going to get a C200 and it just kind of like inspired me to finally upgrade not only the gear, but also to spend time learning how to use it more competently. Yeah. It was just much better. So we did that. And then, um, I haven't put this video out yet cause we're, we're trying to make it really good because this was a lot more ambitious than the one with Matt. Uh, Tony and I both went up to Vancouver and filmed a whole like a day at the Linus Tech Tip Studio, and we have interviews with so many people at the company about their entire process. So I'm super excited to get that video out. But we also just learned a ton being there. Yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, yeah, and I think I mean there's other stuff, but those were kind of the big themes of this year: building up the team, getting inspired to do things, and Give me one second. I have to take a little break. My nose is running. You fool. That's cool. There's something in my shoe. Something in your shoe? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's nothing, but I just want to know that it's not a spider. I don't want to hurt him. Oh, okay. They're my friends. I'm just like, I can keep it together. Nope. Okay, it was nothing. My face is going to explode. Okay, it was not a spider. That's good news. And we're back. This is what happens when you're getting over being sick and you still have to record a podcast and you have to go back to Iowa for holidays the next week. Yep. That's what happens. Anyway. Uh, okay. So I'm a little better now. I probably have like five or ten minutes before I have to blow my nose again. What are your initial goals for 2020? Well, for 2020, obviously I need to sleep better again. Mm. But... I how are you wanna... going to do that? 
Well, I've started setting a reminder that tells me when what <laughs> okay. I don't notice when it gets too late, so I have a reminder. Yeah, same. That lets me know. And um, I, w- I, w- I really want to focus on my health, like getting back to eating better, because I had this really long, ridiculous moving process mm-hmm. during the summer and early fall that left me with a habit of primarily living off protein drinks and like microwave or frozen food, and I just I hate it. Yeah, it feels terrible. So I want to get back into cooking. And I don't know. I basically just want to keep pushing forward on my art. I've got mm. I've got some ideas for pixel art and music. I kind of want to combine them in some way. Yeah. So that I can, you know, like share some of the music that I play. Maybe figure out how to record well, and then somehow involve pixel art. I want to combine all of my stuff. Don't know how. And I want I want to keep posting daily photos, including weekends. Just ah. just because. I, f- I felt a lot of drive when I did that. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I, f- I felt it last night because I was like, I, ha- I, have- I have enough photos to get me up through. I need one for uh, Christmas Eve. And then after that, I need a couple more <coughs> or else I'm not going to be able to get through like going back to Iowa and back without needing to take photos in there. And I don't want to there. Yeah. And that pressure pushes me. So I start thinking of ideas and I'll like go out and actually spend time taking photos I, I need a little bit of pressure to yeah. force me to think about it. I think the pressure really does help. So big thing for me, getting back to a good sleep schedule. Um, I've been a little bit better about nutrition than I think you have, but I still want to improve that even more. Big thing for Anna and I, we need to cook more dinners instead of just being like, let's just order again. Yeah. Because we, we will just work until the evening you know so i think that the time pressure thing is a big thing um i'm very excited for the youtube videos that we're going to get done this year and then another big thing is i'm just going to be taking music a lot more seriously so i'll be releasing my first track hopefully in january possibly february we're going to see what what works best for the release schedule and then i'm going to take it from there yeah the year of art the year of art or at least the first year of art yeah, so I think that's a that's a pretty good distillation of 2019. Yeah, as good as it can be. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. As always, thanks for hanging out with us for yet another year. It's been six years, six full years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, seven full years. Sorry. Oh my gosh. Huh. That's well. That's a thing. That's insane. I've been doing this podcast for seven years. Um, oh, yeah. I guess this is probably the most thematic time to talk about it. That's probably true. Um, in 2020, the College Info Geek podcast is going to end. I think it's going to be like six months into 2020. Yeah. Because we want to hit 300 episodes. But it will, it will have to end at some point. You and I can't be 30 on the College Info Geek podcast. I feel like the brand is a little limited to like... Yeah. I mean, I like podcasting. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, podcasting is really cool. But I feel this particular podcast, the scope of it, mm-hmm. has become somewhat limiting. Yep. We're just, we're getting older. Our priorities are shifting a little bit. Like, I want to focus a lot more on art. Yeah. Uh, I still care about self-improvement, but I don't think that it necessarily works under the college banner so much anymore. Because, like, 
when's the last time we did a student focused episode that was like if you're yeah. not if you're not a student this isn't pertinent yeah, to well, you. Yeah, we're we're getting farther and farther and farther and farther away from mm-hmm. you know taking exams ourselves. So And that that's the last one I can think of was the yeah. exam prep checklist. Yeah, I mean it had it had to happen eventually, you know. We couldn't mm-hmm. be 80 doing this. Even if we did more podcasting, at some point it had to change. Yeah. And um I want to do more podcasting. Yeah. I don't yet know what the schedule will be, but I don't know. We so I guess yeah, and I don't like talking too much about my future plans. Now, these in are a just these way, are ideas. They're not, not promises. Like, yeah, I'm not like this is gonna happen. Uh, if you've got better ideas, tell them to me. But yeah, I would I would like to keep podcasting, but my priorities are shifting, and I think they should. Yeah, you know, if I'm just like coasting on doing student focused stuff for the rest of my life, like that doesn't make sense for me because I'm not really in the higher education world, and. Everything we've done on the YouTube channel this year, and I think everything we've done on this podcast this year is applicable to a wider audience than just students. Yeah. So that is why I quietly dropped all the College Info Geek branding off of my personal channel a while ago. Yeah. It's why recently I have even stopped doing the call to action to the uh, How to Earn Better Grades book at the end of my videos. Oh, yeah. I have, instead of doing that, I now point out my music channel. And at some point, if we have something different, I may point that out. And, you know, if we, if we do something that's like, okay, this is kind of for students, because I don't want to say I'll never do a student video again, you know, then it would make sense. And College Info Geek, I do want to make this clear, College Info Geek itself will not end. Like the website. Yeah. The website is still there. It's still a big priority. It's still part of our business. Yeah. Articles are still happening. Uh, we're st- Yeah, yeah. And, uh, we have like a full-time writer who writes articles or now we're looking at going out and getting like true experts to write articles because one thing i don't like about the online content industry is a lot of articles are people who are just writers going out and just looking at other blogs and kind of creating like a remix of of what they find you know and they're like a sample artist we're guilty of that sometimes and you know i think it's fine but like when you have the opportunity, when you have the funds available, when you have the time, why not do real journalism? You know, like why not go either interview an actual expert to get firsthand sources or hire an actual expert with real expertise to write for you? Yeah, there are certain topics that are just going to be harder, you know, like mm-hmm. medical school topics. Like I can't. Yeah. Nothing I put together from Googling that is going to be as useful as somebody who's like really isn't medical school. Yeah. So our friend Shirag, he's been writing some articles about getting into grad school and medical school. Nobody on the CIG team has gone to grad school or med school or law school. So I think it makes so much more sense to hire somebody we trust, who we know, who has a lot of experience to write those articles. Um, So we have Ransom, who is really, really great, basically managing CIG. And then we're kind of branching out from there and, uh, doing the YouTube channel, doing the podcast, and we'll be doing whatever whatever form podcasting takes for us. Yeah. But we're going to 300 because... It's a good number. Because this is Sparta, I guess. Something like something. that. <laughs> well, it feels weird to do a podcast for a billion years and then be like, 294, we're yeah, out. We're out. Doesn't feel right. Dropping the mics. You know, it's clearly just arm. a psychological thing, like January 1st. Yep. But still, I'm a psychological being. So. Yes. And so I, I still would, like it. It would be cool to be like, yeah, we did 300 episodes. Yeah. Heck yeah. So we're going to do 300 episodes. I believe we have them. Um, most of them are. I think we haven't planned out. Yeah, most of them are planned out. 
So, so we've got the topics. Yeah. So yeah, you'll have at least like six more months to hang out with us in this particular podcast form, and then we're going to decide what to do yeah. going forward. I want to do some kind of podcast. I just don't know how often it's going to be, and I think we will use the first six months of 2019 to sort of gauge that. Yeah. Because there's art stuff to do. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I, I don't want it to take away too much from other stuff, but podcasting is cool. Yeah. I yeah, think we you, can definitely you, do it. If any of y'all have any really, really cool ideas that aren't obvious. Yeah, give us ideas. I mean, the one idea I mean, we have right now yeah. that we can just say is a, a book podcast. Yeah. But like if it's that, a book podcast, a it's going to be like once a month at the most. Yeah, because we got to read a book. I don't read quickly. Yeah. <laughs> and we'd very, very likely and and it would also like surely branch us. out from from like just productivity books, you know, because I don't oh. want to keep reading the same exact. I want to read it, weird new books. It wouldn't even start with a productivity book. Yeah. And not. this is another thing. Like, so it'd be a little bit different. I I don't read productivity books. I, I don't want to say anymore, but I am not currently reading productivity books. Because like, I know, I know the answers. Yeah, and you, you know what? Like a lot of the people listening to this, they know the answers too. And at a certain point, it's like, well, I'm, I'm reading this productivity book because what I really want is a drill instructor to kick my butt into gear. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, sitting there and reading a 300-page book isn't necessarily going to do it for me. Uh, and what, what do I really want to do? I really want to become like a musician yeah. and get better at that. So that's why I read How Music Works. And that's why I'm reading like this whole book on like the science of how the brain pieces music together when it hears it. And that's where my interests lie right now. So, yeah, if we do a book podcast, I think it's going to be a very diverse range yeah. of books. We'll do biographies. And I think that would be more interesting than you and I just being like, well, this, this month, well, every we month would be like the same yet things, another... the same tips, you know, like there's, yeah, you read like five or six of those and you've got all of them. Yeah, Probably do. maybe fewer, but mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't think that there's no value in those. Cause again, like sometimes the way in which something is said has a huge impact on somebody and they go and make a big change Yeah, or it's the time in their life that it, it hits you. And there's also like recency bias and all these things, but um, I, I don't feel a drive to read every new productivity book that comes out and I don't really feel that I need to. Yeah. I think that I can, the I can right gain now. a lot of insight from just going out and doing the things that, that was my big insight from reading how music works. I was like, damn, this dude is teaching me about productivity just by talking about his career in music and lessons that he learned from being a performing artist. Yeah. You know? So I want to go learn more lessons from people like that for a while. Yeah. Anyway, that's 2019 wrapped up. Uh, what is this? CIGpodcast.com slash 285, I want to say. Let me check. Yep, 285. Nice. So what does that make? 15 more episodes? Yeah. I think. Yeah. So yeah, CIGpodcast.com slash 285. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, sorry to anybody who is watching this podcast and has to watch me do it kind of sick, but hey, I'm almost done. Yeah. I'm just not quite done. <laughs> the show must go on. I have to, this is something I worry about. Like how do professional singers deal with that? I don't now, know. I know one trick. Oh, when, when the singer holds the mic out to the audience a lot during a contest or a to concert, take a break. it's them taking a break because their voice is feeling hoarse. Well, and a lot That's of rappers have like it. a hype man who will fill in like the blanks yeah. so that they can take a break for like three words. Yep. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. I've never been to a, a rap show. Oh, I haven't either. I've just seen clips. I kind of want to go to one. I've never been to one. 
I did see Tosh in concert this year, and it was amazing. It was the best concert that I've ever been to. Like, holy crap. Uh, and that it, it made me want to perform live as well. Anyway, uh, we might have show notes there. I don't know if we talked about anything that needs to be linked to. Maybe we did. We'll see. Uh, anyway, CIGpodcast.com slash 285 for those show notes or CIGpodcast.com with no trailing slashes, no trailing numbers. If you want to find out how to subscribe to this podcast or to see our top, what is it? Top nine. I want to say top nine episodes that we just have listed there. If you're like brand new to this podcast and like, why, why did I start with a 2019 year in review? That doesn't make sense. Well, we've got nine recommendations for great places to start if you're kind of new to the show. So check that out. Uh, otherwise, I think that's it. Have a great rest of the year. If it's still the old year while you're listening to this, and if it's the new year, have an awesome 2020. We'll see you in the next episode. Stay cute.